Merry Christmas, everybody. We are looking at a classic Carl Barks Christmas on Bear Mountain, the first appearance of Uncle Scrooge today. What a delight. Hello and welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And we are a daily comic book YouTube channel with over 1,600 videos in our back catalog. And you can watch all of them. If you go to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube homepage, you can search for those in the little search box with the magnifying glass. Look up your favorite cartoonist. Look up your favorite comic book. And uh, enjoy yourself. We are also brought to you in part by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. We have three different levels on our Patreon that will give you access to our videos early. And at the King K. Faber level, you will get access to our videos first because you sit in on the recording session, uh, which has turned out to be one of my favorite parts of recording Cartoonist K. Fabe is actually sitting here with a couple of dozen uh, King K. Fabers and actually talking comics as we go along. But one of the benefits of being a King K. Faber is... If there's a video that we show off a book you want to add to your collection, you'll be the first ones looking for that book. And sometimes they go up in price. Sometimes they're rare and there aren't very many copies to choose from. So uh, you want to be the first one getting in on that. And that is called the kayfabe effect. Whenever we make a book disappear or go up in value. So check out the Patreon, see which level suits you best. And uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. This is a Carl Barks Christmas story that we're going to look at today. It's the title of this particular collection of Fanagraphics Carl Barks Library, Christmas on Bear Mountain. Um, we have seen a couple of these things. We have looked at a couple of these Carl Barks Library books. They are absolutely fantastic books. If you are at home and you have not read any Carl Barks, I cannot emphasize enough that you should. If you have a decent library around, you can probably check out some of the Carl Barks Library. But if not... There are many volumes of this collection in print, and they're all a good place to start. It's self-contained right. stories, some of the best comics made in, in American comics history. Absolutely, and uh, dare I say, this is a new, uh, you know, this is a cartoonist kayfabe tradition now. Uh, two years ago, in, where we cover a Carl Barks Christmas comic on Christmas, and I just had to go see, man. I, I was like, because we were talking about it. Uh, before and you were like we did some Christmas comics I'm like I promise you we didn't do this one there's no less than 27 that's amazing Carl Barks Christmas comics which probably is an indicator for how long he's drawn those things you know one a year or something I was like gonna that. say how long cartoonist kayfabe will continue yeah yeah totally uh so dude every Christmas do a new uh, Carl Barks uh, Christmas joint I love it what's interesting about this one which is the introduction of Uncle Scrooge and you will see that he's slightly off model compared to what uh what he turns into being. In fact, I mean, it's it's a Christmas comic. Like he's invented, like for this comic. This is pretty pretty early in Carl Barks's run. It's from 1947. So there might have been two or three other Christmas comics that he did prior to this. But uh, it's early in the run, dude. He's he's still finding his footing. And it's worth noting part of the great. Uh, one of the great many great features of this series is that you get notes on this. Yeah. You know, and, and you would have some background on Christmas on Bear Mountain if you're interested in the historical relevance of these stories, where they come from, whatever the case may be for each story. Uh, but this is a fantastic series. About as well done, I think, as you can do archival material. It jumps right into it. Yeah, yeah, right. As, as far as the archives and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. But, like, the story content, it... It's off to the races immediately. There are so many great pieces, and we'll point out as many as we can remember as we go. But you can see it's Christmas time. Donald Duck is down in the dumps because he's so broke, he can't even afford a Christmas dinner for, for him and the boys. And then you cut across town to the huge mansion of Uncle Scrooge McDuck, who himself 
also unhappy, but for different reasons. You know, this is a lonely guy. Everybody hates him, and he hates everybody. I mean, there it is, dude. That, <laughs> like, that's the character in a nutshell. It really is. And I feel like Bark's storytelling is really on display in this story in a way. Uh, again, I'll point them out specifically as we go. But even that first page, just to see Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge and their moods, you know, it's almost like these pages are almost poetic. Right. And and they're setting up the wants and needs uh, pretty pretty early from from both sides of the fence. Uh, you know, Donald Duck clearly like he wants to give the boys a good Christmas and maybe a meal on Christmas. And then uh, Uncle Scrooge is so bored that he's just uh, you know pretty much looking for something to do. Yeah, and panel one starts out with everybody, all the stupid people are buying presents for each other, and they seem to be having fun. He's never had any fun, so he decides to do a present. Uh, but not without some strings attached. Right. And you see him as he sets up this this gamble that he sends to uh, Donald. He's beginning to have fun already. You know, it's like so great as a page. Like it, it makes total sense. And again and again, the story is set up that way. Brilliant cartooning. Uh, always just the drawing of it, right? He is always, these characters are never floating in space. Like that picture plane is always solid as a rock. The foundation is always there. Like you feel the roundness of this, you know, non-paved rock that they're driving on. It's it's the subtle things. The guy is a tremendous illustrator. Yeah, and these kinds of backgrounds, like the the nature, kind of they travel a lot in these stories. Yeah, and it's one of the things that I think really recommends these stories is that Barks is so good at that. Right. You know, he was a guy who starts making comics later in life and had had several careers like Lumberjack and all this stuff. I think he was in his 30s when he starts doing these duck stories. And he brings that experience to the page. You know, like it really feels like he's a guy conscious of the world. And I would say that as opposed to, say, a New York centric comic scene, which a lot of comics were based out of the city. Not so with these. You know, this right. is kind of the world at large is where the ducks get to go and explore, and, and Bark's perfect guy for it. And this is another one of those pages where the first panel is is Uncle Scrooge, you know, talking about hating everybody. The last panel, all the Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Donald celebrating. He's a swell old duck. You know, it's it's such a contrast. You can almost see, like, story 101 where flip the value. You know, we start with one piece. We do the opposite by the end of that scene or that page. So... The plan is he's going to send them to his cabin. Great idea, but he's going to test them because he wants to meet a brave man, you know, to, to get this present. And how's he going to do it? Dress up like a bear and go scare them. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Easy setup. Easy to get into, understand what's going on. Reasonably disturbing. It harkens back to like, uh, you know, the wampus, the tauntaun scene in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, really great. Even the claws on the bear, you know, perfect. Perfect details. And uh, as they set out to, uh, as Uncle Scrooge sets out to destroy their Christmas with the bear sighting, gets turned away because of the snow. Look at what Barks does with black. You know, it's not stuff that you would think to do with black. He's calling out focal points. Yes. With it, uh, a full black facade of the building, you know, marking it up with, 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 with snow that way, staring out into just like pitch blackness. I always think that you should be able to tell the time of whether it's day or night without any words or anything. And it's very clear here that use, especially with the cars and the night sky, really good use of black and probably kind of unusual, I bet, at the time. Because like newspaper strips, you couldn't do solid black with. Right. So, yeah, very inventive. Definitely. 
down to the the characters' shirts. Like we, we said it before, and you know, I'm doing my my daily strips. Um, I understand the value of black because I'm I'm studying strips a lot more, and like Popeye's shirts and stuff are are, are black, and it's a way. And Carl Burks is not in charge of the color. He's just trying to make solid black and white comics, knowing that they'll be in color. Like, the black is a focal point. So so it makes sense when you're just doing black and white illustrations that you just blacken that stuff in so that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know, Nancy's dress is black, like a black yeah. top. Like, there, there's, it's, a, it's an important color when you have two colors to play with. And the comics of Carl Barks are full of this kind of stuff, right? Here's Donald walking left to right. Uh-oh, running back in now, going the opposite direction <laughs> because two, he didn't like something he saw out there. In two panels. Yeah, two panels. All it takes. And we see this gag again and again. He runs back in because he saw bear tracks. Right. No, it's a little rabbit. The previous page, it was, is that a bear sitting out there? No, it was a squirrel. Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, all, all these little kind of just visual gags to keep the stories entertaining, but also to define your character. You know, seeing Donald react to scared of his own shadow and it's continuing with that with that theme of courage and bravery and stuff and, and clearly like donald does not have the chops also bush miller rule the threes come in because we just had we just had two instances right so like now now we got our christmas tree and of course with this big old knot hole there's got to be some 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 something to, going on with that some storytelling significance with that this video is brought to you by the books that we make Ed Piscor's Hip Hop Family Tree, The Omnibus, the beautiful hardcover collection of all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, along with 150 extra pages, is now available wherever books are bought and sold. Red Room, Crypto Killers, The Antisocial Network, and Trigger Warnings, collecting the three seasons of Red Room. These are all self-contained stories, so you can start with any volume of Red Room that crosses your path first. And X-Men Grand Design, the trilogy trade paperback, now in stores, collecting all three sets of X-Men Grand Design in one handy volume. You can read the entire X-Men history in this book. My latest include Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, and Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, collecting all of my Street Angel comics, starring the homeless ninja on a skateboard. True Crime Funnies, my self-published nonfiction anthology featuring a drug cop as well as two wrestling stories. BW Zine, 1986 Zine, celebrating some of the greatest years in comics history. And the Hulk Grand Design, my contribution to the Grand Design mythos. And now, back to our video. How about two? It's almost the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Pretty pathetic. Yeah, yeah. Years before, of course, Charlie Brown, before Peanuts was even a strip. Yeah. So uh, pretty fun to have like the, the loser Christmas tree, you know, in here. Get every gag for every element. Think about the best way to present it. One thing that I skipped over is whenever they get in here to their cabin, it's all stocked with presents and food. It's like lobster and stuff. Oh, yeah. I just love it. Blue crab. It's funny little uh, visual gags to keep these panels and exciting. Course, there's a bear. Teddy bear can't have the teddy bear. <laughs> so this bear cub is now in the cabin. Uh, the ducks don't quite know it yet, but they do start to suspect something's going on because as they're hearing noises and going to see like, what is that noise? What's happening? Our bear stumbles upon the dessert. Yeah. And it becomes like a cry wolf kind of thing because Donald is still, he's so sure that it's a bear. Like, you know, a bear was here. I know it. Uh, there's a bear in this house. I could smell him. So, but like he's, espouse that rhetoric five times already you know, so the boys just dismiss it but it's true here so so it has that part to it as well uh if, if i remember correctly like i don't think that um that barks was like like 
like read much as a kid or something like that. So there's like so much intuition like built into these uh, comics. This is also like he's doing this stuff for, um, is it Dell? Is, is yeah. And they have John Stanley at that time. They have uh, Walt Kelly at that time. Like it's an amazing collection of talent that is making comics for this company at this time. Right, right. And and forty seven, like he could have been an in-betweener or worked for Disney proper. He was in their storytelling department, but he uh, sort of hated the collaborative process of that, like reasonably cantankerous dude in a way. So he opted to take less money and to have a less prestigious job and to have a job with no um, job security, really. Because like he said that um, when you become anointed in a position at Disney, you're just there forever at, at that exact position. So he bet on himself and created a situation where, dude, he, he did these comics for for decades and then created armies of fans yes. after that. Yeah, Legion, internationally even. Oh, absolutely. I love this panel when I was reading this. This is the first time I read it was this week. I'm reading this panel and it's like, oh, look how prominent those roller skates are. But we're going to see more of those. You know, I, and seeing them, I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy. That's OG roller skates are wild. Like, you, like, wear your regular shoes and then yeah, just kind of, like, in. strap on. That cannot be, like, I imagine you got to, like, bend those things on top of the front of your shoe or something. But I just can't imagine that that's stable. Yeah, I'm sure that they aren't. It made me think of Wallace and, and Gromit, the Wrong Trousers mm-hmm. animated short. Because, in that case, it's a train. But it feels like a lot of this motion is what is in that in that uh, short and Donald constantly hiding in the lampshade is, is pretty good stuff. And, of course, now the nephews hit the skate that's left out in the middle of the floor, slamming into the wall. And the bear's almost got the hang of it now. It's practically a skateboard. So so check this out, because, like, they're always... Donald and the boys are always out cold when in pr- the presence of the bear. Like, they ne- they never they never see it. You know, until yeah, until the bear throws out his uh, his candy, empty candy box, <laughs> and at that point, we know something's in the tree. Let's go find out. It's so great; it moves fast. You know, a lot is happening. Like each panel, something is happening. The bear gets free, and um, let's cut back to the to the tree trunk. Right. What happened there? We cut down this bear's home, so we've got the cub. But where's the mama bear? Perfect, right? Like, what else could go wrong? Let's get a 500-pound bear to show up. Yeah, you got to add the stakes, man. Look at the animation in that pose right there. It's really good, and whenever the bear tears down the door, that is a big monster scary bear. Right. <laughs> that is not the cub that we are chasing around. And with the size and the hole and everything, you just there's a mansion underground that the bears live in. Yeah, right. It's underground bunker. <laughs> so they try to talk Donald out like, hey, it's a little tiny bear. We can handle this thing. And what's the first thing that happens? Come around the bend and see the mama bear. <laughs> this is one of the great tricks. EC did it as well, where, like, the background is almost just pure yellow sometimes, man. So just, like, give all attention to the focal points, which which is the characters. Donald runs away from the bear, and so do the nephews. Like, at this point, yes, definitely get out that window. And the bears have their great Christmas together. Right. They got food. They got presents. Oh, man. They find the inside of the refrigerator. Everything you could hope for. And meanwhile, the ducks are outside back using that great black and uh, freezing their asses off. 
maybe going to die out there in the cold <laughs> if they don't overcome that fear and get back inside. You'll be frozen out here in the snow. What a great panel. It is Just really good. Just the silhouettes of it. Also, look at the color. You know, like you mentioned, like some of the background yellows, but the concentrated yellow now that we're doing a light source from inside. Yeah, that's the thing. Look, it's like you, it's like 25% yellow and then 100% yellow plate. Yeah, again, part of why I say this is a great archive is that attention. Like these stories are recolored, but based on the original printings, yeah. um, they look so beautiful. Like, I can't imagine a better presentation of no. this material. No, it's it's fantastic. Like Because even, you know, <laughs> but way back in the day, right, when like, Volume 1 came out, there's the story you and I are at uh, Copacetic looking through this, and we're like almost bumping our heads. Pause. Look, Looking super close at the margins because there's like a speckling of color. There's like a 2% blue and a 5% magenta to, to try to create something close to that gray newsprint. Yeah, it's just a little bit of warm. You know, it's not that cold blank white. Right. And it helps a lot. It really kind of gives your color a base. You and know, it's almost like painting when you paint the whole canvas like a certain color. Exactly. It'll just be underneath. And we were arguing, oh man, I think it's magenta. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think it's blue. And then uh, it turns out that it's uh, it's both. So they ha do plan to, like, they're going to come in and, and overcome these bears. They're going to take control, and that includes Donald tying up our bear, <laughs> tying his feet together. As the big bear is just like, uh, like, like um, grunting, sighing, enjoying itself, and that was enough to scare him to death so that he, you know, faints on top of uh, the bear. Fantastic animation on Donald and all of those. And the sigh is a great setup for this bear. Like, that's the characterization of this bear being alive yeah. that we're going to see again. It's Ric Flair salesmanship, dude, where he's dancing around and just kind of Does the fall, fall yeah. backwards. <laughs> so Uncle Scrooge finally makes it to camp in his bear suit. And when he shows up, he's a, he's shocked to see actual bears in the place. Yeah, and the little one scares his pants off. So with all of his rhetoric, you know, he's a chicken hawk. I love the buttons on the tummy. Yes, yeah. It's how you can tell the uh, the fake bear from the real bear, uh, but so impressed by the fearlessness of these little boys. Yes. And then he sees his nephew, Donald, and... Uh, Chilling. Amazing. In the embrace. No fear, right? Bear. And whenever the bear sighs, we have the reaction from Uncle Scrooge, much like the Donald Duck reaction earlier, of pure fear and just getting the hell out of there. But he does decide that Donald is worthy of the present. He did find a brave duck after all. And we see Christmas Day celebrating at Uncle Scrooge's mansion, the family together, until he uh, pulls out the gift for Donald, bearskin bear rug. Too much for Donald. <laughs> <laughs> what a that? fun story. Yeah, what's the last word there? But for just a minute there, I thought he was scared. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, coming full circle from the very beginning uh, plans of Uncle Scrooge. Um, fascinating story, though. You know, it's, it's a 20-page story. Maybe it's a little bit shorter than that. But never a dull minute. Right. No wasted motion. No. And um, I don't know. It's just, it, you know, it doesn't feel like overly sentimental or no. anything either. It's it's almost like a legit adventure story that just happens to be centered around Christmas. A lot of gags therein. You know, like like every page might have like two two little pieces and you can imagine some of that stuff like animated, you know, it's, it's that rich. We say it every time we look at Barks, but he did the work of a studio. Yes. You know, there are, there are not animated Mickey Mouse cartoons and stuff that are as good as this. Absolutely. Yeah. The body language, you know, it, it really does look like his animation skills are put to use. You know, you see him in those little, little subtle movements and, and 
body language throughout. I do like reading these, and what a great Christmas tradition. And again, to everybody watching at home, Merry Christmas. Hope you had a great day today and a great week uh, with your family, much like Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Could it go, Jimmy? Yes. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We are a daily YouTube channel with more than uh, 1,600 videos in our filmography. As we speak, might have talked about your favorite comics. Hit the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Uh, hit the magnifying glass. Type in your favorite titles. Uh, check out those videos. But if we did not talk about your favorite comics, if you can't find those videos in our uh, videography, you got to let us know in the comments what those uh, comics are so that we can push those a little bit higher on our to-read pile. We have a Patreon out there, and the King Kayfabers on the Patreon mitigate the Kayfabe effect by getting all the videos before anybody else. But there are several levels of support on the Patreon. Ultimately, the, vi the uh, videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Uh, before you is a healthy sample of what those books are. But let's bring some uh, illumination into matters. Jimmy, what do you have? Hulk Grand Design is still available in the wild, but sold out at the uh, publisher level. So pick up Hulk Grand Design if you haven't already. This is my contribution to the Grand Design mythos and one of the nicest books that I have made. Uh, I do the design behind this book. And as you can see from this fluorescent green cover, if your store has it, you can probably see it from outside in the parking lot. I've also been self-publishing my latest zines, 1986 zine, BW zine, and True Crime Funnies, my nonfiction anthology comic book, are all available on patreon.com slash jimrug or at jimrug.com. And my latest books, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, and Deadliest Girl Alive from Image Comics, collect all of my Street Angel comics that I have made so far. These are about a homeless ninja on a skateboard battling all the things you would expect a superhero to battle. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is coming to you. It it's actually came out in November, so you can get your hands on that. It's all of my X-Men Grand Design works in one handy-dandy trade paperback collection. Red Room has been the focus for some time. There are three trade paperbacks that are going to be out there, man. Two right now. Uh, Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings are available in stores, but this third one, Crypto Killers, is uh, the one that will be coming out in January, so get that put on your pull list, scoop it up when it comes out, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. You can start there, because each of these books is completely self-contained with four complete stories, so pick your poison, you dig it, grab another one. Ultimately, uh, the best book I've made to date is the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus, collecting all of my Hip Hop Family Tree uh, comics from Fantagraphics. Plus, I have 150 pages of additional content and material in there. Uh, it's the best book I made. It's the most comprehensive. I uh, worked really, really hard on it. Thank you guys who were supporting it uh, to the level that you did. Uh, but we do still have some of those available. So scoop that up. Check it out as soon as possible. There are some other ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel directly, however. Jimmy, let the people know. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. There you have it. The many ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.